Fancy seeing you here on a on a Sunday of all places. I know. I was just thinking you look like you've just got back from the golf links. You know, you had a, a quiet back nine and now you've sauntered in, suntanned face, Negroni in your hand. Here we are, Sunday Mike, ready to play. I've been wearing a few polo shirts lately. Yeah. Just because I wear polo shirts. Here's a here's an interesting little fact. And by interesting I mean, you know not interesting for me <laughs> yeah. that polo shirts i can only wear them there's certain certain items of clothing that i can wear when i feel good about my body and i'm not saying like i'm ripped but i don't want to like if my if i haven't been working out or anything and my arms are just like flabby you know trunks then i'm not <laughs> going to wear a polo because i don't feel like i'm like filling it out yeah and i'm like slightly self-conscious about my I mean, oh, elephant trunks are famously muscular. So, if anything, that's the wrong description. Like, you can't really have flabby and trunk yeah. in the same sentence. You know, maybe, maybe like a, maybe, maybe like, like a ch- chicken wings. No, I've got it. I've got it. Nipplets. Like a, like a, like a zuper duper that has been left out of the fridge. <laughs> left out of the freezer. You did have it. Yeah, I shouldn't have tried yeah. to suggest things. You had it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, no, you're looking good. Polo suits you. I um. I would hate to be behind you in a queue, but uh, otherwise, you know, I'm very excited for um, your Sunday attire. Why would you... Have you seen the whole thing? I'm looking very summery. You are looking very summery. (laughs) Wow, look at the... Look at the quads. Okay. Wow, you... You... you, you... Do you want to take a photo? (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, You do look... uh... you, You do look summery. Why did you say that you wouldn't want to be behind me in a in a queue? Because you look like the kind of person who... Uh, have you watched The White Lotus? I have, actually, yeah. Um, you look like Jake Lacey's character oh. complaining about the room not being exactly right. So I, you know, if I was I, behind you in a queue, I would expect to be there for another 10 minutes while they waited for the manager to sort out your petty grievance. That That's a good... I, I actually had that thought today when I put when I put together this outfit... I I thought not specifically that, although I get it, but the whole like I look like a preppy prick. <laughs> we booked the pineapple suite. Well, I'm sorry, sir, it's booked. But you've taken our money and we're in a different room. Well, yeah. I, I don't know what I can tell you, sir. Um there are other guests in the room. Well What do you think of that show, by the way? I I, I quite liked it. Yeah. I'm I'm enjoying these um there's a few like dr- like series, like mini series that are coming out. It seems like rather than like television shows that are have like seasons Endless. and seasons. Yeah, no, I I I I liked it. I thought it was um, well made. I fucking love um, Juliette Lewis. She is just like the greatest person, like the greatest character. Juliette Lewis. Oh, is she like the um, the the, the um the plastic, like yeah, ditzy the, plastic um spa yeah, woman yeah she's she's um part of the uh waiting for guffman correct uh, crew yeah 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 um no 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 not juliet lewis that's not who i mean um oh, no. fuck. who do i mean juliet um, lewis is the brown head yeah that's the the she's oh, also much. great fuck. jennifer coolidge jennifer coolidge jennifer coolidge jennifer coolidge is so fucking good in that show every time she's on screen every every line delivery she gives i just crack up she's 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 a genius she's a um yeah she's a brilliant comedic actress also the australian guy the um the caretaker um, he's hilarious murray bartlett 
Yeah, yeah. that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, he's he lo- I loved him too. Yeah, um, I I I thought it was um, well made, well acted. I liked sort of the middle parts where it was all just sort of ticking along, and and you know there weren't really stakes. But then yeah. at the end, when it felt like it, they were trying to sort of make a point about things or try and set up characters to have learnt stuff, I felt like ah, uh, it's a little bit more pat, right? Like where you you end up right. with this thing where it's like, oh, I've got the narrative burden of I set up there's a dead person. Now we've got to show the dead person. And you're like, okay, that's, that's you know, you've done it well, but it's also not like as entertaining as just watching a family sitting around having dinner. Sure. Um, yeah, I think you're, yeah, I, I think I'm like lucky in that sense that I'm not seeing all of the, all of those strings like i'm quite happy for just like a bit of what i liked about it was like they're touching on some like political hot talk hot hot button issues doing it in like a i mean that's all i really need yeah um and also i mean it, it has to be said there has been criticism of the show for the the sort of colonialist take right like yeah it's these there there's a distinct vibe there where it's a whole bunch of rich white people coming into this island and you know the minorities in the show get short shrift and whether or not that's a deliberate satirical point or whether or not rather than writing the entire thing himself mike white should have got some other voices in the room there to make sure that if you're saying something about that dynamic you know don't leave kai off in the wilderness with no resolution that sort of thing sure yeah, that's one thing that I'm like grappling with at the moment with this with this like diversity push in entertainment, which I obviously agree with, but also like are we are we going to leave space to reflect reality and sometimes reality is that. And yeah, we want to like we want to hi- like be higher in diverse diversely. That's a word, isn't it? <laughs> um, sure. For you, anything's a word. Diversity should be a priority, but also reflecting reality should be a priority. So, And sometimes that's just going to mean, you know... Well, I, I mean, I don't think that's true for every show in every series. You know, like, not every show is realistic. Um, some shows are heightened. Some shows, some shows are sci-fi. Some shows are aspirational. You know, there are circumstances where that's more important than other times, right? Sure. Yeah, um, it's kind of half-baked point there, wasn't it? Yeah, well, no. I mean, I think it's reasonable. The the, the, the most interesting question is when you... Um, yeah, actually, I don't have I don't have the brain or energy to go into that point that I was going to make, so I'm just going to abort it. Wait, I'll make it for you. Okay. Maybe it was the same point. Sure. It's this... Okay, we're getting into spaces where we want people, actors, to be portraying... Um, I, I, if they were playing a gay person, you want a gay person to play that role. We're getting into area now where uh, is everyone just having to stay in their own lane and our actors not being going to be able to play um, minority uh, characters in a minority who are part of a minority. Oh, fuck. This is bullshit. <laughs> no, I mean, that that is that is a point. That wasn't where I was going to go. I was going to go just somewhere along the lines of 
Um, it, the fight for diversity is also one where, let's say that you're centering a like a woman of color in a story. One of the things now that that's um, that writers and creators and actors and stuff are still pushing for is the ability to make those people unlikable to get to do the kind of things where it's like okay now we're at the stage where there's enough representation on screen that not every role has this burden of it has to represent the entire minority it has to shine a light mm -hmm. on some important issue and and getting to that space of whether or not you can just put people into roles where they're shitheads regardless mm -hmm. of their skin color or whether they're um you know the race thing doesn't have to be an aspect of the character as much you know that they're, they're fighting for the right to be what white characters have had for years which is you know the ability to be dumb or smart or hot or you know malicious mm. or um, vindictive or you know all that kind of thing and i was just yeah i was gonna muse about whether we'd cross that threshold yet where you're um you know these these people of color or whatever that we're seeing on screen are able to be things other than people yeah. of color or yeah. in addition to just being people of color. But yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of an interesting irony happening right now where in we're fighting, we're fighting to, we're pushing towards equality, but in doing that, we're focusing on everyone's in identities, which is, not equality equality would be not not seeing beyond race or beyond sexual orientation but it's it's not there yet there's like a there's a hyper focus on that at the moment yeah and it's one of those things that'll all sort of come out in the wash because you give it another 10 years and and some of this progress will have been made and you'll be in a spot where you can look past it but i mean you think back to 2005 I think it was when Modern Family first came on the air and how yeah. like controversial and how big a deal it was that one of the um, lead couples in that was a gay couple and they're yeah. like sh like shitty characters they're not very appealing gays um, but at the time it was this like mainstreaming of that identity and now you look at TV screens and you know how many different varieties of gay people do you see in, in all kinds of different uh, shows like at the moment in literally every show, there's like a gay person. And it's like, it kind of back to this other thing. It's like, I mean, that's good, but it's like, it almost seems disproportionate to how many gay people there are. Possibly. But like, at the same time, in, there's been a historical erasure of some of those people from places and where they would have been or should have been depicted previously. So, yeah, you know, if it's sure. clumped up a little bit now, but it's making yeah. up for 50 years where they pretended they didn't exist and you know yeah uh, it's just and, like it's a taste of the month thing right and that's some yeah. of the challenges being a writer or creator at the moment it's like what's the kind of character i want to see on screen at the moment and you're like well fuck a lot of stuff's been done you know like yeah well and 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 to that as well i thought the other day isn't it funny how disproport how there's a disproportionate amount of movies or TV shows about writers, like they writers write about themselves. There's not, there's not, yeah, it's not. It's no surprise that like the Oscars is all like anytime there's a film about Hollywood, the Oscars fucking eat it up, you know. Yeah. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood, or you have the Pianist, or you know any of these kind of, uh, not the Pianist, um, the Artist. I'm sorry, 
Um, all of these ones about like writers and actors, you know, it's, it's a, it's an area where everyone's like, Ooh, that's about me. I like this yeah. one. Mank. Mank. Was that next year? It didn't really get much in the awards, does it? No, I wanted to like that movie and I just, uh, I didn't see it. It's too much. Like I, black and white movies, like I want to like them. And I do, I have like some, like Francis Ha is probably the, my favorite black and white movie. And I think Joaquin Phoenix has got one coming out too, but like, just put it in color. What are you doing? (laughs) What point are you really trying to make it? Like it doesn't need to be in black and white. It's it's an aesthetic, isn't it? Fuck the, it's a shit aesthetic. Like there's color now, guys. There's color. (laughs) Put it in color. Is that why everything should be in 3d now as well? Because there's 3d we're seeing in 3d. Yeah, that, that's my big problem with animated movies. <laughs> Not enough three dimensions. <laughs> Not enough dimensions. Not enough dimensions. Welcome to Deep Four, everyone. Oh, it's a Sunday, but you probably won't hear this for several days. But that does that's sort of irrelevant. Anyway, um, hi, this is a podcast, <laughs> and we talk about things that are happening in the world through the medium of audio. Sitting through the internet with me, my friend Michael. Hi, Michael. Yara Maharty's Pirate Mike. Pirate Mike. It's October, we're in a spooky mindset, and here's the pirates. Uh, and I'm Nick. Hi. Hey. Ho. Do you reckon any pirate ever said Yara Maharty? <laughs> Do you, like, what, did that just like evolve out of came from something, right? I wonder but if it, there was just one... Imagine if you had a time machine, you went back, like, I'll go back to the pirate age... Okay, Michael, what was the pirate age? <laughs> 1600s? I was going to say 1700s. Yeah. And there was one pirate that was just like, I'm going to go for it. But wasn't it yeah. like, wasn't our modern conception of pirates very much influenced by Treasure Island, the book? Like it was oh, only yes. when Treasure Island came that. around that this whole like X marks the spot kind of yeah the the oh, lore yeah. and the mysticism of it all came about because like an author made it up yeah i, I don't know that, that it was well. really a thing in the way that it's depicted yeah which is disappointing because pirates there's something about pirates like the idea of the the boots and the captain blackbeard and <laughs> the all the and the cannons yeah and the crocodiles yeah i mean it's Neverland. a fashion masterpiece like there's nothing it is. there's something to be said for like seagoing workers with a little bit of glam right like yeah. they they're out there they're dealing with a lot of stuff there's fish there's smells they're on a boat but they still take time to care for themselves to present oh, themselves yeah. in a way that's you know a little bit special dude imagine how smelly pirates would have been so gross it would have been it would have been like moonshine rum yeah um like just feces everywhere yeah the worst bo ever yeah Men, salty scurvy yeah diarrhea oh. i was i always think that i was when i think about pr- past the past uh which i often do i always think about how it would have actually been because we have this like if you think about the 60s, it's like you think about it through like 
the film, the media that you've seen from that time. Yeah. Or if you think about the 30s. But then you see that in these like color, color colorization images or whatever that are coming out now with technology. You're like, oh my God, like I've been remembering, I've been, my understanding of that time was so different to what it actually was and it actually brings you further to reality. Yeah. When you see Which like an World War Two imagery that's been colorized or something, yeah, and you're like, "Oh shit!" It's not like an abstract once they take it out of black and white. You know, it suddenly becomes yeah. so much more real. It was real, and I, I like it when when movies do this, where they you've got like a I saw a movie called The Nest with Jude Law and someone else. Oh, Coolidge, something Coolidge, Jennifer and, Coolidge. Yeah. No. Wait, was that the lady that was that the lady, just... no, that's the White Lotus lady. Oh no, it was something Coon. Jennifer Carrie Coon, Coon. Or something. Carrie Coon. Might have been. Yeah. Anyway, phenomenal movie, and it was like set in the seventies, but it's yeah, not Carrie Coon. the fashion. The fashion wasn't like overstated, and too often you see like in movies, there's like. Okay, guys, it's the seventies, so we got to get the cars. Everyone's got to have like this crazy hairstyle. That's not what was happening like there was it was more moderate than that yeah well the interesting thing that Mad Men did was uh there was like a lag time on fashion because the moment that something came out it wasn't like the entire world suddenly adopted it people wouldn't buy a new car straight away people wouldn't have an appliance straight away people would not jump on the latest fashions immediately and so a lot of the um 60s people were still dressing like the tail end of the 50s until right. sort of the regular fashion stuff trickled down and and yeah. so they were always very careful with that in, in that show to make sure the period stuff was actually at least at the start of that show sort of 50s residual more than it was the quintessential 60s stuff yeah i remember thinking in the um in the 2000s that there was like you had the 90s that's got like a very unique and defined style, 80s, 70s, and so on. I remember thinking in the 2000s, like, there's no style. There's like, yeah. there's no, like, defined style. Yeah. And then you go forward 10 years and you're like, of course there was. Hmm. I mean, it's harder to, when you're, there's, there's less, like, overt things. I wonder if people in the 80s thought, Man, we look so eighties right now. <laughs> Without with no, our they hair think and... exactly what we think, which is like everyone's wearing this is like just modern, normal. normal clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But couldn't you say that that like it's kind of going towards like a more minimalist style now? Like people are wearing uh, maybe I don't maybe know some is. people in some places at some point in time, but I mean, I couldn't generalize enough to say like I know hoodies what hoodies are have kind of that's kind of ubiquitous like track suits no that's not really i can't even think yeah i mean we're too close and it's even hard to see like it's not like someone suddenly invented a three-legged pant or something where there's this big dramatic change it's it's just textures that's, that's, and that's what i wear by the way <laughs> oh penis um the uh it's just like textures and 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 fabrics and things that are changing and cuts but like ultimately it's just a pant and a top right for guys at least so when you look back at the at the 2010s versus the 
20s currently. What are you going to say? Oh, jeans were around, but they're now slightly different again. Mm. You see, there's definitely a style where I live um, in in the north of Melbourne. There's definitely a style coming back that kind of um, is borrowing from a little bit of like 90s, like really small kind of sunglasses, big like kind of flary jeans that are cropped. Yeah, you know, there's definitely pockets of of style around, but I think for the most part, which is probably how everything else was. But it's also not just fashion. It's like music as well. That's another thing that re- heavily defines a decade for or sure. an era. And yeah. I guess um, cars. Yeah, I guess when you're looking about how it's depicted on screen, cars is definitely one of those um, fundamental shortcuts where it's like, okay, all of them are like big square boxy, uh, you know, sedan type things. And you're like, okay, this is yeah. this is American. This is New York in the 80s. You know, I know exactly what we're looking at. So I, I think you're right that that does add something to the, the image. But it's also it's also language, which is interesting. I, this is something I had written down here from the other day, which is um, like words like groovy and far out, far out and radical um, you had back then in the 70s, I guess. And now you'd have like cool and dude, sweet, dope. That might even be. But I dope, even be dope has old. like come full circle, right? Like dope. Awesome. Awesome's awesome. a big one. But awesome, yeah. I think, is old. I don't think people say awesome anymore. Is it? Like, I think that's our generation. I don't think like, I don't think people younger than us say the words you just listed as much. What do the new kids say? I don't know. I just remember because when we were working in at White Bay and I was doing programming for kids, there was a a moratorium on the word awesome. One, because it could be so easily overused. But two, because Mm. it like, it was like an old person's word. (laughs) So you had to, I I, I have absolutely no idea what like half the slang that people would be using on. I don't know, TikTok or Instagram is between yeah. their friends or in school classrooms. I think that a lot of that shit's sailed past us now. Yeah, isn't it weird to think that like when we're in our fifties, it's gonna be we're gonna be so far removed from it, but we're gonna be so stuck. Like it's interesting that people dress when in their in their older age, they dress in the same clothes that they would would wear, you know, in their twenties and thirties, and like, I totally really... get it. Like, what are you meant to do? Go well, that's into what like we'll be doing, yeah. But I I always respect those people that like the the people in their sixties now, which are going to their hairdresser and getting like yeah, a suit. more modern cut or like a color oh. or something like that. And you're like, yeah, like good on you for keeping up a little bit, like not just sitting there, yeah. Yeah, I guess I do too. Like I, when I think about myself in my forties and fifties, I have always, even from a young age, thought I want to be. I don't want to just like. I want to like stay on top of that. I want like fa- I want fashion to still be important to me. Not that like I'm a huge fascist at the moment, but like. <laughs> but, yeah. but, um, <laughs> was that deliberate? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I think it's a friend's joke, embarrassingly. Okay, um, sure. But I, I have always thought, like, I want to be one of those, like, like, like semi-stylish men. By stylish, I just mean not giving up, which yeah. is what I saw a lot of, what you see a lot of, like, men in middle age do, which they just, like, they forget 
or they just they just stop caring about their fashion and how they look, their haircut, and they. I never wanted to get. I never want to get fat, you know. And maybe your priorities just change, but yeah, I really. I mean, some of that has to be like, okay, now I've got two kids under five, and I don't have any time to do anything for myself. So, like, totally. some of that shit's gonna take over your life, isn't it? Totally, and that's why I never want to have kids. Yeah, well, there you go. You want to be Your the group? only child in this uh, dynamic. Yeah, I, I totally. Um, <laughs> your room's looking a bit more put together. Yeah, there's a shelf now with all of Casey's collections. Nerd. Yeah. For once, that's not my nerd stuff, though. So you don't, you can't make fun of me. No, I don't. I don't think you're a nerd anymore. What? How? I'm a a nerd as much as you are. Okay. I think I'm still more of a nerd than you, but I'm shocked that there was even a question there. Um, I just mean that I think we're both like kind of nerds. Do you think nerd's like an attitude? Like nerd's a state of mind. Nerd to me is just like interested in particular things. Okay. Is that what nerds are? Yeah, I think so. But like traditionally that used to be about very specific sort of computery or high fantasy yeah. or board games or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons kind of ways. Um, yeah. I think I you're right. So. Like you can, you could be a music nerd and know everything about 1980s hip hop or something. Right. Yeah. Where does the word nerd come from? Is it like, is that a standalone word? Mm, I don't know. I'll ask Siri. Hey Siri. Where does the word nerd come from? Okay, I found this on the web for where does the word nerd come from? Check it out. Have I changed my Siri to an Indian guy. Yeah, I think that's questionable. Oh, it comes from Dr. Seuss. Why is that questionable? Well, you just you've you've enlisted a minority to greet you and do all your work for you. <laughs> Indians are my Indians are my favorite race of people. That's why I that's why I chose it because I love you talking to Indian to be people. Indian. I don't aspire. I mean, I'm half Sri Lankan or a quarter or an eighth. Um, It comes from Dr. Seuss, apparently. 1951 US student slang, probably an alteration in 1940s slang, nerd, a stupid or crazy person, itself an alteration of nut. The word turns up in a Dr. Seuss book from 1950, if I ran the zoo, which may have contributed to its rise. Oh, interesting. So... If you're a nut, and then it became a nerd, and then it became a nerd, and then Dr. That's Seuss a quick evolution. It that is quick. Well, I mean, think about how rapidly some things are creating new meanings now in our online mm. world. Well, lol. There's a lot of like yeah, computer that's, words. Yeah, that's a brand new... I'm trying to think of like a good example. That's a brand new sort of... What would you call that? A, um, it's not an acronym. Oh, Dang. it is an acronym. I'm trying to think of a word which has adopted a new um, meaning. Okay, this is a this is a sort of dull example, but tweet, right? Tweet used to mean yeah. mm. uh, just the bird's song, right? Like when something tweeted, mm-hmm. it was like a little audio thing, but now it has a whole other meaning and a whole other context of he tweeted, right? Like some of this, uh, the adaptations that have been made um, yeah. by the internet era have rapidly progressed 
the way that our language is evolving um, yeah. and given whole other meanings that would be completely <laughs> obtuse to people even 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you think if we, if you went back in time and like even to the 1800s, you'd be able to like understand what people, like you'd probably be able to understand what they were saying, but like maybe even go back further, like to old timey England in the, you know, 200, 300 AD. Oh, that's, the, yeah. Anytime you're now in a, in a place where the written language looks more like pictures and it does like letters, I'm like, I got no idea what the fuck this is going to be. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Other than some scholars, I'm not sure there are many people alive today who would have any chance of understanding what someone from 300 AD was saying, even if it was yeah. technically English. I don't even... Does, when did English start? Was in, Did English exist th- 300 AD? I don't know. Um, this, is a f- this is a fun little app. What's going on? The English language. Tangents. History of English. English is a West Germanic language that originated in the Anglo-Frisian dialects brought to Britain in the mid-5th to 7th centuries AD by Anglo-Saxon migrants from what is now northwestern Germany, southern Denmark, and the Netherlands. So, yeah, there was no such thing as English until the 5th to 7th century. Holy shit. Yeah. So I have I have a, a classic deep thought hypothetical here. Um, oh, which hope- is... I was- I'm glad because I I love getting back to these man. This is this this is what started this podcast, and I'm not saying I'm not saying we've lost our way, but we just ran out of questions. We ran out of good hypotheticals, yeah. But this is my favorite, so hit me with it. Okay. So, if you could guarantee one hundred percent your survival. At doing something which normally causes death, what would you choose to experience? Love it. All right. I'm also willing. It's not in the in the body of the text here. I'm also willing to um, exclude pain. Right. Like if if that's a, a valid consideration here, it's like not like I want to go see what it's like to be in the middle of a volcano, but you cannot die and you're feeling your flesh burn off your body until you you know <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to exclude the the even concept of 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 pain here and suffering and allow it just a witness or experiential kind of thing. yeah i've got two right off the top of my head one is smoking because <laughs> um, i love smoking really um it's it's really underrated wow um, it's really good. You should try it. Everyone should try it. Um, <laughs> That's so unexpected to me. That is not where I thought that was going. That was going to be my wreck for this week. <laughs> Marlboro, Marlboro Reds. Well, on the recommendation engine. Hey, have but you, seriously, um, you tried nicotine? <laughs> um, uh, smoking and drinking, I'll, I'll pack in there as well. Um, yeah. Because I guess that's... A, I think I've been thinking about that lately, um, <laughs> but that's probably a good answer. And the other one is um, go to space yeah. or fly through space without a spacesuit. Oh, okay. I was uh, gonna no, just go just go to another planet. Yeah, I was gonna go one step further. I was gonna say go into a black hole. 
that that would be that'd be something pretty spectacular but when you know people always so people go on about they just won't shut up about black holes, you know, how they won't shut Endless. up about Anytime black holes. Anytime you're at the supermarket, you just... Oh, shut up. Shut up. I just want my beans. Scan the fucking can. They go on about black holes being like, oh, maybe they're a portal to like another world. Like, they're not, though. They're, you just... What do you... You just come out sm- like in tiny pieces at yeah. the other end. Smushed. I don't know. I don't know if there I mean, is another end. Do we even know that black holes have other ends? Well, don't they... Phys- like if you look at a black hole, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of wormholes. Of like a well, wormhole would be a better a better choice than Nick, I think, because a wormhole you're actually getting somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, in, in this hypothetical, if you got the survival, I'm assuming there's some sort of fishing rod kind of thing where you go into the black hole, you have a look around for a bit, and then they just yank you back out again. What are you expecting to see in a black hole? Don't know. No one's ever seen anything in there. What could be in there? But what it's if just it, going to be like... What if it was like a really big fish? And you're like, Phew, I'm the first guy to see the black hole fish. <laughs> Wouldn't that be yeah. remarkable? What if it was a really small fish? <laughs> that would also be amazing, but slightly it's less. just you and this other plankton. <laughs> yeah, no. just, just... Both a- just looking at each other going... Fuck! Oh, I no, don't. Mate. I don't know. Did you do the hypotheticals? Yeah, I did the hypotheticals thing as well. Hmm. Cool. But he's obviously just blinking because that's how he answers. He doesn't have. Where are you from? God, oh, don't speak English. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't speak English. <laughs> uh, um, what about? going along that line like could you take it to like even further and say another um like if there's like another civilization of beings and you could say if i can guarantee i mean i would probably take that bet even if i wasn't guaranteed survival but this is getting going. I, think that's to, I mean, that, that's that's crossing. A, that's a little bit like outside the scope of something because I don't think that's like we don't know that, that causes death yeah. normally, right? Mm. Um, it might be interesting. I think to like I'd do a hot air balloon ride if I was guaranteed that I wouldn't die. Oh come on, come on! Hot air balloon is the scariest fucking form of transport. Well, yeah. I mean, is it? Yeah, there's no safety mechanisms at all. What I hate... I mean, I would love to take a hot air balloon ride. What I hate about it is there's just like fucking flames right next to you while you're in the sky. Yeah. And it's all like flammable gas. And there's yeah. no... Like, it's not like they pack parachutes. And then if it, you just get like defeated by wind... And pushed into a cliff and everyone dies, or into a power line and everyone explodes. You mm. know, people die in hot air balloons all the time. But I would like I, to see a sunset, so that's why I'm saying this might be a good use. Of it'd this be a, hypothetical. it'd be less less scary than you, you die in a less terrifying way than a yeah. plane, wouldn't you? I don't know. I feel like a plane's going to be very fast, 
Whereas I think a hot air balloon, you're going to be falling in a way that you really get time to think about the fact that this is going to end bad. Well, you would in a plane too. I think the most terrifying thing about a hot air balloon ride would be like, if you do it with like, if you have to do it with like another couple and make small talk with them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you have to do it with another couple and it's, and it's not like people or friends, you know, that's going to be a bit awkward. Speaking of uh, just slight tangent here, if that's all right. Yeah. But I obviously was going through a lot of 9-11 porn lately and with the anniversary. Sure. And I had I had the realization that some of the people there that were after the impact of the plane hit and they they didn't know that it was a plane and they were like, they were just like the the office was on fire and... But those a lot of people died not even knowing what nine eleven was. Yeah, they don't even know. And it's like and they were at the twentieth anniversary. Those people died. They didn't even. They're like, did the they're they in heaven going? Did the yeah? Did the what happened? Did the was there a bomb? Was there you yeah know, a pipe explosion? Structural what problems. Happened? Yeah, and it was like no. This was terrorism. Terrorism. And they like, were like, what? what's terrorism? terrorism? Because this word hasn't meant anything yet. Yeah, well, well, it did kind of because of yeah. I've been watching a lot of this stuff lately. Watching the footage back, they the first plane hits the first tower, and people just think that it's like it, they thought it was like just a, an an amateur pilot who they didn't know it was a commercial airliner. They thought it was just like a a bad pilot, and yeah. then the second plane hit, and it was like immediately that the news was reporting possible terrorism. Yeah. Right. I wonder because by that point, there's probably been like government contacts and stuff reaching out to news organizations or vice versa, news organizations reaching out to, you know, the Pentagon and asking, hey, do you know what's going on? They didn't know. Yeah, but why why do you think they jumped to a terrorist attack at the second one? Just because of there was two or because some people had been like, we've lost control with this plane. Well, there had been terrorist attacks. Pre, like in the 90s yeah like at the world trade centers too yeah yeah interesting i have one more anyway. uh, one yeah, more sorry. uh survival thing which i think would be very cool mariana trench um bottom of the ocean I'm... oh yeah go um... right down into that deep deep dark horror filled place yeah i do that most friday nights um <laughs> <laughs> Why Why would you not be... Hasn't James Cameron done that? Yeah, but it just seems... Yeah. I, I you know, That tiny little ship with a very, very, very high amount of pressure all around you. And, and again, like, if You're it goes wrong, it goes cat. wrong very badly. Yeah. Are you... Were you, like, when you went to, like, the Royal Show and stuff, were you, like, a ride... Are you a ride goer? Do you, are you a roller coaster guy? Uh... When I went to the Royal Show, probably not. I was more a go look at the woodcutters and get some donuts and get some show bags um, kind of guy. And then... I hated the woodcutters, dude. So boring. Get a real job. (laughs) Then... (laughs) I don't know that that that's their job. Get a real job like an accountant. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, or social media. I would do like some of the rides. I did. What's that? What was the mouse? No. Yeah, the the mouse. Was it called just the mouse? It was something mouse. Yeah, I think it's the mouse. The mouse rat. Mouse trap. Mouse. I think it's the mouse. That was the big one, and I'm that was the wooden sure one. Some people died on that as well. That was a, such a harsh wooden roller coaster, and there were like ninety degree turns where you just felt like your neck had been snapped because it just came around oh, the yeah. corner so like intensely. So I did those, yeah. you know, I, I did like the haunted house thing and that sort of thing. But I, I mean, Adelaide didn't have much in the way of rides anyway. I definitely no. didn't do any of those like swinging, holding onto a cage, uh, ho- like on a chain sitting in like a swing as it like rotates like a jellyfish oh, you know dude. those like spinny ones because that's that's I'd... the shit which later crashed and killed people i did one of the like the the slingshot it was called i did one of those at a um at a music festival and i was a little inebriated and i had <laughs> um a lot of dutch courage oh in, god and and by that i mean like i had zero fear whatsoever if you catch my drift yeah and I was like, I have I have zero fear to do the slingshot. Let's do it. And I didn't even feel when they it went. Then you're in this like ball cage. Yeah. And it slings you up. And I went with my cousin Julia. And I was like, I don't even feel anything. I'm fucking brave as shit. I don't feel scared <laughs> at all. The um the did you see the video that went viral a week or two ago of someone in one of those slingshots? And it collides with a seagull. And then there's oh, this yeah, dude, bird yeah. on her throat. And she's freaking out more about the fact that there's a bird there. And the bird's like, what the fuck is happening? And grabs the bird. Like, tosses it away. Oh, I love those videos. I love fuck, those I videos love of so people, people like passing out in them. Yeah. I love that. Oh, fuck. Gosh, um, I had one more question for you, and I think it's gone. Um, I'm trying to find the name of that roller coaster at the showground. Was it like the Mad Max? No. Oh, oh the Mad Mouse. Mouse. The Mad Mouse. Yeah. There it is. It was the Mad Mouse, and they got rid of it. That was, yeah, that seemed like it was falling over. I'm trying to think of other really dangerous... Things. Drink a vial of acid. Do. Why? I don't know. I'm you just get... thinking of dangerous things. You'd have to. You'd have to take a quickies before that. <laughs> and have a Gaviscon on standby. Um, I think space is my big one. Yeah. I'd like. I'd like to have a cigarette on Mars. Oh yeah. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. Mars doesn't have <laughs> an atmosphere. Could you light a cigarette? Might explode. Yeah. Well, if you're guaranteed again, you're guaranteed survival. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing that smoking kills. Yeah. Because it explodes in your face. (laughs) That's why they tell you not to do it. Do you have much in the way of segies or anything lined up? Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got a. Um. Uh, I got a. Uh, what do I got here? I got a Mike's miffed. Oh, Um, you got a miffed. I got a miffed. I got like a cool spider fact that I really wanted to share with you. <laughs> okay, this is good. You you take the take the reins. You've you've got right, spider so, facts you want to get out. All right, I just wanted to share this one spider fact with you, that it was just like absolutely mind blowing to me. So 
apparently there's a species of spider that they found where the male spider will wrap up uh, a food item for a female in silk and they'll they'll make it so it's that it's wrapped up quite there's a quite a lot of effort going into this and so that she has to like use quite a lot of effort to unpack it and while the female spider is you know trying to unwrap this food item wrapped in silk they essentially rape her um that's yeah and that's so very in keeping with (laughs) the animal kingdom isn't it yeah um but that's not that's not that's not even the interesting thing oh good (laughs) the interesting thing is now they've discovered that the male spiders have realized that they don't necessarily need to wrap up food so they've just been wrapping up like tiny rocks rocks. (laughs) (laughs) oh god and then having sex with the female spider and then she unwraps it she's been raped yeah and then she's like oh fucking pebble rocks again again. i ate rocks for breakfast i'm sick of these rocks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't oh, the gosh. isn't the animal kingdom just so it's savage fucked up. hey look if we're in an animal world right now i don't know if we need a little like animal zone kind of segment here but i've got a couple other animal i can facts. hear the i can hear the jingle wait can i you can, can I make, make a this jingle? jingle yeah all right i can make an what is it going to be called though animal, animal amazing animal amazing animal amazing <laughs> Animals. Deep thoughts. Animal. Deep thoughts. Animals are Animal cool. house. Animal. Animal house. Animal. Animal. So you're going to go for that. Deep. Animal. Animal um... <laughs> I'll leave it up podcast. to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great <laughs> How? What was this week's podcast like? Oh, they just said animal over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they just workshopped Ideas for bits. Uh, they didn't even the get segments. anywhere. I'll, 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 right, I'll, I'll leave it in I'll your capable leave it with hands. All about animals that live in the zoo. I like all animals. How about you? Wild creatures. Environmentally, it's elementary. A documentary. Where we can meet you and you can meet me. Um, I, I've got a couple more animal things here that I just I've had burn in a hole in my um, my notes for a long time, so I'm going to just sure. rapid fire through them. Right, this is kind of related to what we we're just talking about, which was spiders using trap rocks, right? To 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 get get you know you listen to the thing. <laughs> Sorry, I think my brain is shutting down. <laughs> Um, this one is about cockatoos. I don't know if you saw this, Michael. Um, wild cockatoos have been discovered to be so smart they're compared with three-year-old humans. Whoa. Now they have been spotted crafting the equivalent of a crowbar, ice pick, and spoon to pry open their fruit. So they're making tools now, like a set of cutlery. This is the first time any bird species has been seen creating and using a set of tools in a specific 
order, a cognitively challenging behavior previously only known in humans, chimpanzees, and capuchin monkeys. So these cockatoos, they've already been known to be cleverer and innovative social learners. They've solved complex puzzle boxes, invented rake-like tools to retrieve objects. Um, Several other birds like um, macaws and crows also use tools in the wild, often to extract food, but none have ever been seen to make a set of tools. So um, basically there's this egg-shaped fruit of the sea mango tree and uh, they're about the size of a small avocado. They're toxic to humans. They have this reddish pulp around a hard pit that encases small nutritious seeds and getting to the seeds isn't easy. So a male cockatoo bit away the fruit skin then quickly severed a small branch from a tree inside the aviary and with a series of quick bites whittled it into a wedge-shaped tool. Then it held the foot held the fruit with his left foot while perching on the right, using the tongue to fit the wedge into the pit's fissure, prying the pit open. Then he made a splinter into a sharp, narrow tool and used it to pierce the interior skin, protecting the seeds. And finally fabricated a third tool from another bit of wood, biting it into a flattened strip that was used to spoon out the seeds. Um, there's a video of this, God. which I'll embed in this little um, sub, uh, chapter here as well. Wow. But... Um, it's like the, what I've always said, cockatoos, the chimps of the skies. That's what they've always said, and now they're justified. Um, the the interesting thing was only two of the males made and used tools in this flock. Um, so if they had a genetic predisposition to use tools, all the birds would do it. But since only a few have made it and used them, it's likely they invented them independently and then learned to do it from watching each other. Oh, so it's not even wow. like a built-in genetic thing. It's a it's a social learning, which is kind of amazing. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. That it wouldn't it be funny if like historically we've always kind of like wondered if there's like an animal that will take over humans, you know, and people, <laughs> yeah. like apes yeah. or dolphins. Yeah, the humble cockatoo. The humble cockatoo. It was right there in front of us the whole time. Um. <laughs> I have one more bit of bird news. This one's, this one involves some foul language. Oh, very nice. Don't laugh um, like that. This is about a duck. Um, duck, uh, a duck called Ripper, an Australian duck, um, began investigating. Uh, sorry, that the duck didn't begin investigating. A professor began investigating the evolution of vocal learning among birds and stumbled across a recording from the summer of 1987, which captured a male musk duck swearing repeatedly and mimicking the sound of a closing door. So I would just like to play you some audio of a duck swearing and calling someone, you bloody fool. (laughs) So let me just, let me just send you this in the chat. On SoundCloud, well, <laughs> listening. What? What? Oh, that's spooky. And now, if you also go down to the second track there as well, there's one where he imitates a door slam. Oh, it's a duck. It's a duck. It's a duck, but it sounds like not a duck. 
<laughs> so there's there's your bit of bird related content for today. I love it. I love it. And and look, I don't want to I don't want to pick a fight here where I don't need to. But once again, I mean, it started with a segment that I kind of came up with, and you've just taken it over instantly. So okay, but I will, I'm not going to say. Sorry, what about segment? It. What segment was it that I've taken over? Does it have? Does it have like a anim- name? Animal something. Animal something. Yeah, animal what? Animal, the animal segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm very sorry for taking over animal, 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 the animal segment. <laughs> sorry. I'm very sorry. And it's I would fine. like to apologize. It's fine. I'm just saying there's a pattern of behavior here. Um, <laughs> all right. Mike. Calls miffed. Um, how do I introduce this? I'll just say, all right. Um, oh, I really suck at this. Um, don't leave this in. You're gonna leave it in, aren't you? <laughs> no, it just depends whether or not you can get out something usable. Okay. Um, well, speaking of um, segments that um, you, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> hey Michael, I, I didn't want to say anything, but I feel no. like there's been an undercurrent throughout this podcast. Um I can see it in your eyes, I can see it in your posture. You just seem a little bit out of sorts. Um is there a reason for that? It's because I'm miffed, Nick. No oh! play the jingle. Thanks for really helping me out there, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not used to being, taking any lead on this show, you know, in any, in any way. And, uh, I, you know, sometimes panic when it's kind of thrown to me. So yeah, no, All right. I'm here for you. So pretty new segment. I think we've only done one before, but, uh, it's called Michael's Miffed. It's where I've just, you know, I jot, jot down a couple of things that, uh, that miff me, that mm-hmm. peeve me, that annoy me. Um, so I've got a couple here this week and Nick, feel free to chime in if you, if you're also miffed or if you, if you think that's a stupid myth. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. A muff myth. Uh, and if of course it's not quite brought to the level of being a full myth, there are mini myths as well. So just remember that. And forgot about mini myths. We do have mini myths yeah. available. Yeah. Um, so Okay, the first one, it might be a bit hack, this one. Okay. But I really hate it when, you know, when you're, when someone's opening a door, they're in front of you and they're opening at a cafe and you're, and they leave the door open for you and you're, you're actually so far away that the, that the time, like that the distance is like too, too long to be holding the door open for someone. And then you have to run to it. Like then, the, then the pressure becomes gets on you to actually run so that they're not stuck holding the door open for an awkward amount of time. I'm gonna redirect this. 
I gotta, I've, I've got, I understand that one. It doesn't come up too much to me. Um, but the one that does miff on my end is a similar situation where there's a hold and then there's a look and a thought, oh, he's too far away. I'm not going to hold it, but I'm actually closing in quite quickly. And then you have that awkward, I've like, they've walked away and let go of the door and the door's closing just as you're there to hit the, the door open right. again. And you're like, mate, mate, you should have held it. I was right there. If, if I'm hitting a, an ajar door with my hand, that was, that was holding territory. What I don't get is why this is even a thing. Like, I don't need someone to, to hold the door open for me ever. It's like just, it's like one action. But you there are to... obviously benefits for that. Like, no, if you're in a queue of people, like, sort of close behind each other. Sure. And you're opening the door. You're not going to expect the person in front of you to close it before you go and grab the handle, right? Like, no. But it's become this, like, thing that people kind of feel that they're expected to do. Like, I, I'm, I always, like, you know when when I'm at, a, at the cinema and the usher hasn't done his job and the door isn't open and many times I've been stuck. I've opened the door. It doesn't click to stay open and I'm just there. Now I just work there. Yeah. And I'm just letting the whole cinema out. Yeah. There, I like I, I, I respect that. And if I saw someone else doing that, I'd be like, Thank you, sir. But like if it's if it's just this like thing that people feel like they should do, like don't do it. Like I can I can I can open the door. I don't care. Yeah. All right. Um another thing that's really miffed me this this uh, week <laughs> is oh this is maybe a mini myth. Okay. I'll make a size judgment after the myth has been sort of put on the table. Okay. But when people say thanking you instead of thank you, okay. I cringe. That's dude. a mi- that's I a mini. Cringe. That's a full on mini. mini. That's a mini. How do you feel about people saying thanking you and do you I mean, do I your think, perpetrator? I think that they should be run over by a tractor, but I think that's still at thank the you. scale of mini myth. Okay, you're hung up on the size. Yeah. Um but why do people oh, thanking you? It's so gross, isn't it? It's it's like going up to meet someone and extending a hand and as they put their hand in yours you go shaking you it's like it's a weird (laughs) why are you switching it to present tense (laughs) greeting you it's like no don't don't narrate what's happening do the gesture yeah it's not present tense it's like yeah it's It's narration (laughs) thanking you walking away (laughs) stop it anyone that says that stop it by the way how do you sign off your emails are you a, are you a regards? I'm a much a love thanks? XOXO. No, come on, in your work emails. Cheers. I'm I'm often a cheers. If it's I like, like a cheers. If I if like it's with cheers. people that I know, but I'm working with, like a cheers is good. A many thanks is good. If it's a many little bit more, a, a little bit less well known, or a little bit more professional, mm. I'll go for a warm regards. Yeah, I like a regards or a kind regards. You know, I'm gonna add this. This wasn't this wasn't previously a, a a myth, but I'm adding it in there because it's popped up a bit lately. People sign off best. Okay. Yeah. Disgusting. You hate that? Yeah. Disgusting. Best what? Disgusting. My best. Your best. The best. Best, best of. Ugh. Yeah. It's so ambiguous. I mean, I think that's still a mini myth, and I'm I'm a little bit. I don't want to play the rules card here. You know, I don't want to get out the the Bible, but I think. I think we've got to 
wait a little bit more to major myths here. There, there's a, a, a risk here. We're getting too many mini myths, and I just right, want well, to. I just a... want to caution you. Like this is a yellow light. You know, just just beware ahead. If okay. there's not more major myths, I think we might need to call an end to this segment. <laughs> and just for false again, advertising, you, tor- you torpedo. Find a way to torpedo I'm, my I'm just creativity. In, I'm just enforcing your own rules. I'm sorry that I have to play this role, but if you're not willing to live up to the the you know high standards that you set for yourself in this segment, then I'm afraid that I'm going to have to step in. Well, luckily, I've got a monster myth. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute mega myth. <laughs> a massive myth. <laughs> monumental myth um <laughs> all right good I'm and glad. it's this okay uh, holding hands in public i don't get it i think it's stupid i keep seeing couples holding hands on their walks i want it to stop it's pointless i don't get it your hands get sweaty it's stupid it's dumb like do you need to just be touching each other all the time is it a possessive thing i had a couple the other day i was going for a run get this i was going for a run at a couple the other day i'm on like a on a running down like a creek path it's a it's a narrow creek path a couple i see about 50 meters ahead they're holding hands taking up the whole path i think whatever i hate holding hands but I'll allow it. As I get closer, they they don't move into a single lane. They rem, they maintain the hand hold. And I have to, I almost got, Nick, I almost fell off the, I almost fell into running rapid water because of this hand holding. Because they just refuse to give it up. Holding hands, sometimes I see people, I saw a couple the other day, were walking like for exercise, like at a swift pace, holding hands hands what are you doing you never need to hold hands no one ever needs to hold hands it's dumb it's stupid and it's dangerous quite frankly this is a spicy take this is thank you you took this one straight out of the oven and perhaps should have left it to cool on the windowsill a little bit because it is i could it is it is burning um couldn't I don't have this problem. I I don't mind a handhold as long as it's not blocking fucking pathways no. and 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 other people's transit. But why does it matter if other people hold hands? Is my that's what I re- retort to you. Why does it matter if 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 they're not blocking you? So what? What I what I think I don't like about it is that like I don't understand this need to affirm your affection for someone in public. But you're it's, acting like the choice is that this is being done for this to make a point to the people around them, right? No, I'm just saying it's pointless. Like what I what are you guy are you two getting like so much from it? Like this constant touching? Like it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's clammy. I hate clammy. <laughs> I hate clammy. We've known this about you for a long time. Um, yeah, I like. I I'm not ashamed to admit. I'll hold a hand. I'll hold a hand. You're a hand holder. I'll hold a hand. I'll I'll you know it. It's not something that I need to do for an entire like forty five minute walk or anything. But sometimes when you're out and about, it's nice to hold a hand for a minute. Well, 
maybe I'm just a senile old prick. But I, I see a handhold and I spit. Do you think I it's spit, got some kind of on the ground. insecurity side of it? Where you're like, you're projecting some sort of thing where it's like about the... You're, you're reading into it that people are doing it because they're trying to affirm this, you know, strength of their relationship and the confidence to declare it to the rest of the world. Like, are you seeing, are you reading into it some kind of, like, uh, insecurity in that? Look, you might be onto something here, but I reckon it's more thing. It could be, like... Um, I think it's because when, when I've been in relationships, I I just hate it myself and it's always it's like it's been a point of contention in basically every relationship that i've ever been in when i refuse to do it oh. and then it's like oh look at them they're holding hands i'm like they suck That's <laughs> this does sound like a i mean i can't fault it because this is mikey's miffed michael's miffed michael's miffed this is michael's no miffed check no the tapes. <laughs> check the tapes check the lyrics yeah. this is michael's miffed so it can only be subjective to you, Michael, but I, it does also sound very much like a you problem. I'm sure there are other anti-hand holders out there. Yeah, the anti-hand protests in the middle of Melbourne have been really disrupting this uh, this hey, community at the we moment. We didn't mention COVID once this Oh, hour. fuck it. Oh, you, fuck, you fucked it. You fucked it. Shit. Well, uh, Christ. Okay. Was that the last one? Yeah. Uh, I also had um, one other mini myth. Okay, not allowed. If you've enjoyed this kind of thing, then I'm very glad to hear it. Um, we put a lot of effort into it, as you can tell from the notes prepared and the time invested in, in this podcast. We've got plenty more episodes similarly handcrafted for you. They're all in the back of the feed. They're all on deepfort.podbean.com and you can go listen to them at your leisure. There's also facebook.com slash deepfort, Twitter at deepfort, Instagram, for our photos and clips. We've got SoundCloud where you can hear our Christmas jingles. We've got new ones coming up. And... and I will, and also going to endeavor to put our Christmas songs on Spotify. Yes. Um, you can also send a question or a comment to deepfort at gmail.com, which is uh, where we will... Yeah. You can also send your questions and comments to deepfort at gmail.com. And I said that with sort of a downward inflection now so that I don't have to add anything at the end and ramble on. I would also like to throw one little thing in here at the end, which is that uh, my show Good Grief is now airing in the US, UK and Canada on Sundance Now, on AMC+, Plus, on IFC. Um, uh, in the UK, you find that via Amazon Prime. Uh, but our show is now international. It's been getting some some kind of amazing reviews and coverage around the world. New York uh, Times. New York Times. Fucking surrealist Deadline. shit. Um, Deadline. Yeah, The Sun. A whole bunch of places have, have been wrecking it. So um, if you enjoyed the show and you're based in Australia, but you know people overseas, or if you're listening from overseas and you want to check it out, please check out Good Grief. Um, it, it's uh, it's around in, in some big markets now. So So go have a look. Still getting peeps coming up to me saying, I've stopped listening to your podcast, but I have been watching Good Grief and loving it. Um, that's a real silver lining there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, the I, thing that I'm not involved in. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, you sort of mo Just moral support. You can take a little bit of the Good Grief um, buzz for that. Wouldn't mind a, yeah, wouldn't mind a songwriter's credit on the next one. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try my hardest. Can't have any of any of the songs though. No. Shall we do a a wreck engine to wrap things up? Yes, please. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Thought's Recommendation Engine. Uh... Do you listen to um, uh, Jason Bateman's podcast, Smartless? Absolutely not. He does it with them. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I didn't mean Will that to sound so, so like I would yeah, never listen to aggressive. it. Aggressive. <laughs> but I brought that up because they sign off their podcast with... Bye. And it's really annoying. I feel like I need to raise a red flag here. That was clearly a mini myth. And you've snuck it into a different segment. Um, I, I dropped myths sorry, all over the place. Too. That's a that's a five minute in the penalty box. You ever go out walking with me? You'll see a trail of mini myths leading back to my house. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I will not let you hold my hand. <laughs> I'll hold your hand. Okay, that's very sweet of you. Um, give me some wrecks. All right. I'm going to rattle through just some because, as I said, I think they do have a short uh, shelf life. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not going to go into heaps of detail about them. Um, the first one is one from I actually listened to a couple of months ago, but it's Seth Rogen's audiobook, yearbook. Uh, it's like a autobiography. It's, uh, I listened to the audiobook. It was so funny. So many, like, if you like celebrity stories, he's got so many, and they're all interesting going through, like, the time with when he was writing um, the interview with James Franco and the whole Sony saga to, like, dinners with Nicolas Cage. It's, like, unbelievably good. He um, was telling a lot of those it... stories around the podcast circuit as well. Like, he told a couple yeah. on Conan and somewhere else as well. I think on Jimmy Kimmel he was telling one. Yeah. So, he yeah, he does have some, well. some some good good stories. Really good stories, so I highly recommend that, if, especially if you've got some audible credits. Yeah. Um, I'll throw one in here in the audio field as well. Um, it's going to shock no one, but the new Sufjan Stevens, Angelo de Augustine album, A Beginner's Mind, is Loving it, dude. chef's kiss. It is real fun. It's light. It's it's all about movies. Every song is a summary is or thematic inspiration to some kind of film. So every single one of them has like a connection to a, a famous movie. And it, it was just like a fun, I think lockdown project they started doing where they're oh. just writing songs about movies. I just really like it. I think the music's really good. I like the vibes. It's a bit closer to the Carrie and Lowell sort of yeah. folksy side than it is the um, electronica side of things. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I I you know, I'm I'm a diehard, but I think it's good. I second that. I listened to it on your rec and absolutely loved it. Yeah, and, and those voices as well, like Angelo to Augustine, I don't know if you've listened to Master of His, but no. you could easily sort of um uh mistake one for the other. So um they they, they have a very nice sort of harmony and, and or um compatibility. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the the um, the other one I suppose I should uh, just mention on that. Well, the other thing I should mention is just some of the movies and things. So um, there's like stuff from as random as uh, like Hellraiser three and Silence of the Lambs, oh, really? Point Break. Um, just she's got to have it. Lockdown. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So if you go and listen to it, 
through that lens as well. It's I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, so it's not like just shinless lists. No, it's not. It's not a list of like the best films ever made. They're very random. Yeah, cool. No, great album. Mm. Um, I got a couple of docs about people that I have absolutely loved. The first one is Val, um, which is about V A L Kilmer. Val? Right, yeah. Val, actor, uh, actor Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. um, going through his career. He actually, you probably haven't seen him in a lot of things lately. He was Batman, famously. He was also in Top Gun, a bunch of other things. But he's a real thespian, and he also can't talk anymore without a breathing tube. Oh. And he talks like this. He has to press his throat like that, and um, which is why you haven't heard about him. But he's, he's just really, ex- he's still... As like he's like incredibly eccentric guy, um, and he's had a fascinating career. There's some is it he's got because so of what stories. like throat cancer or something? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, right. I think throat cancer, but yeah, no, just incredibly beautiful doc. It's on Amazon Prime, I think, at least in Australia. Um, and the other doc is Roadrunner about Anthony Bourdain. Oh. Um, a personal hero of mine, but yeah, um, incredible doc on his life. Yeah, nice. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, well, a, a couple of other podcast people I've listened to have been holding off on that doc because they're not sort of emotionally ready, I think, to go and revisit it. They, that seemed like that loss really cut deep for a lot of people. It definitely did for me, like I, in a weird, in a weird way. And I, it's interesting trying to like dig in and and understand what that feeling of grief is when, it, especially when it's someone that you don't know and have never met. Yeah. And I think it's something along the lines of he seemed to have everything that you want in your life, like the best version of your life. Seems that it would be his life, traveling yeah. the world, writing, eating, experiencing lots of different cultures. Yeah. That seems like the best thing and if someone like that is going to take their lives then what are i think the feeling is what are what are we what are we doing then yeah like if that's not good enough for someone even though that's it's irrational to a degree because there's mental illness yeah for sure there but i think that's that's what it chips away at that that certainty yeah that confidence yeah oh that's very well put yeah i hadn't considered it through that lens yeah but yeah great dog um i have a comedy series to throw out there um, the other two, the other two, uh, is a really fun, light, fast paced comedy, um, from a couple of the previous generation of SNL, uh, head writers, Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly. Um, they made the first season of this, I think in 2019 and it was picked up at, or maybe even 2018 and it was picked up, but then held because it was changing networks and then COVID happened and then it became a different thing and finally the second season has aired but it's just as funny and um very well written and uh it's about uh, a a young singer like a, a teenage singer who becomes a um, massive overnight success and uh, his mum uh, sort of ushers him into this world of sudden Hollywood 
um, stardom and this series focuses on the family and the other two kids the older brother and the older sister both of whom are a little bit aimless and trying to get into the um, entertainment industry themselves and as their younger brother just sort of skyrockets they kind of ride the coattails as best they can um, that's where it starts it's very funny um, and and always reliable and quite gay which i always like i watched season one i didn't find it gay yeah, the main character. Well, p- probably. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> this seems normal to me. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to use the word normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, this seems like a not broken, horrible, sort of uh, egregious thing. Yeah. Sex- sexually typical. Mm. Um, no, I watched season one and I th- I really enjoyed it. And I'm not like uh, usually into those cutesy kind of shows, but it was genuinely funny. Yeah. Uh, have you watched, this is not a, I'm not willing to put, you know, a rec label on this, but have you been watching the morning show? No. I guess to a TV purist, it's not really. No, that's not it. I just, I heard mixed things when it first came out. Um, I know that it changed showrunners a couple of times and that the first season in some of the review coverage and and discussion about it when it debuted people felt like there was a lot of different hands in the mix a lot of different conflicting kind of things i know they reshot a whole bunch of stuff and left some stuff and scrapped one pilot and all this kind of thing and so i kind of just it yeah, i don't know i never so, quite felt compelled to try it out okay been yeah been enjoying it i, I think i'm i'm as i said earlier like less easy to please when it comes to as long as like as long as as long as the premise is something I'm on board with or the the vibe, then you know the quality. I'm not. I don't. I'm not like I'm. I'm fine with like a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes kind of yeah. show. If I'm like if I like the premise, which is like news and you know cancel culture Setting thing and, and yeah. all that. I mean, yeah. and the actors are there. I'm there. Yeah. Um, but also oh. This is dragging on a bit, but scenes from a marriage with um, Jeff, Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac, I've been absolutely loving mm. as well. Yeah, nice. I might and throw one series. one last one out. Um, it's it's I could have done it really with the previous one, but um, the new Big Red Machine album, uh, which is Bon Iver and Aaron Dessner from oh, The National. I've that, been enjoying I really like the Fleet Foxes one. Fleet Foxes. Robin Pecknold. Oh, Robin Pecknold? I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah, is it the but, same thing that. I'm oh, talking are, you, are you talking about this? As in the one with the song that Robin Pecknold was on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Sorry. sorry, I'm with you. So the Big Red Machine um, w- was kind of this Bon Iver, Aaron Dessner collab, um, and this second album is called. How long do you think it's going to last? Correct. How long do you think it's going to last? <laughs> sorry, um, and um, sandwiches. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like we finish each other's. Um, The. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I don't know. The album's good. Um, It, 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 I was going to go into this thing about how it feels like they're going a bit gorillas with it. 
in the sense that they've expanded the scope now to invite all of these guest performers in. And it's like, okay, there's going to be two songs with Taylor Swift and there's going to be one with um, Fleet Foxes and there's going to be one with, you know, someone else. And, and they just like throw open this name and album to like a collage of, of different voices and, and see what they can make with a bunch of interesting people. And I, I like that that sort of model. I like it when you see that kind of experimentation from people. Yeah, I don't. I think Taylor's like having Taylor Swift on a song title is off-putting. I don't know. I think it's a good song. I'd like it. Is it? Yeah. I've only listened to that one song. No, it's good. All right. That was recommendations. Recommendations. Recommendation engine. Sorry, are you in, are you are you wrapping up? I was wrapping you up. I'm about okay. to. I'm about to literally throw some shrimps on the barbie, mate. Wow, that's very cliche of you, and I disapprove. We don't. No one calls it shrimps here. No, it's just American. Yeah, I love it when you just say yeah, and give me nothing. Sandwiches. Back. Fuck. Sorry, I thought you were going there. <laughs>